0: Chapter 18 of the Mysteries of Paris, Volume 1 by Eugène Sue. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter 18 The Ile Adam. A month has elapsed since the occurrence of the events we have just narrated. We now conduct the reader into the little town of the Ile Adam, situated in a delightful locality on the banks of the Oise and at the foot of a forest. The least things become great events in the country. And so the idlers of Illadon, who were on the morning before us, walking in the square before the church, were very anxiously bestirring themselves to learn when the individual would arrive who had recently become the purchaser of the most eligible premises for a butcher in that town, and which were exactly opposite to the church. One of those idlers, more inquisitive than his companions, went and asked the butcher-boy, who, with a merry face and active hands, was very busy in completing the arrangements of the shop, this lad replied that he did not know who was the new proprietor for he had bought the property through an agent at this moment two persons who had come from paris in a cabriolet alighted at the door of the shop the one was murphy quite cured of his wound and the other the Chourineur. at the risk of repeating a vulgar saying we will assert that the impression produced by dress is so powerful that the guest of the cribs of the cité was hardly to be recognized in his present attire his countenance had undergone the same change he had put off with his rags his savage coarse and vulgar air and to see him walk with both his hands in the pockets of his long and warm coat of dark broadcloth, he might have been taken for one of the most inoffensive citizens in the world faith my fine fellow the way was long and the cold excessive were they not why i really did not perceive it monsieur murphy i am too happy and joy keeps one warm besides when i say happy why what yesterday you came to seek for me at the port st Nicolas, where i was unloading as hard as i could to keep myself warm i had not seen you since the night when the white-haired negro had put out the schoolmaster's eyes by jove it quite shook me that affair did and monsieur Rodolph, what a countenance he who looked so mild and gentle i was quite frightened at that moment i was indeed well what then you said to me good day Churinard. good day monsieur murphy says i what you are up again i see so much the better so much the better and monsieur rodolphe he was obliged to leave paris some days after the affair at the allee des veuves and he forgot you my man well monsieur murphy i can only say that if monsieur rodolph has forgotten me why i shall be very sorry for it that's all i meant to say my good fellow that he had forgotten to recompense your services but that he should always remember them so monsieur murphy those words cheered me up again directly tonnerre i-i shall never forget him he told me i had heart and honour that's enough unfortunately my lad monseigneur left without giving any orders about you i have nothing but what monseigneur gives me and i am unable to repay as i could wish all that i owe you personally come come monsieur murphy you are jesting with me but why the devil did you not come back to the allee des veuves after that fatal night then monseigneur would not have left without thinking of you why monsieur Rodov did not tell me to do so And I thought that perhaps he had no further occasion for me, but you might have supposed that he would at least desire to express his gratitude to you. Did you not tell me that Monsieur Rodolph has not forgotten me, Monsieur Murphy? Well, well, don't let us say another word about it. Only I have had a great deal of trouble to find you out. You do not now go to the Ogresses, no. Why not? Oh, from some foolish notions I have had very well but to return to what you were telling me-to what monsieur murphy you told me i am glad i have found you and still happy perhaps oh yes monsieur murphy why you see when you came to where i was at work at the timber yard you said my lad i am not rich but i can procure you a situation where your work will be easier than on the quay and where you will gain four francs a day four francs a day vive la charte. "'I could not believe it. "'Twas the pay of an adjutant sub-officer,' I replied. "'That's the very thing for me, monsieur Murphy. "'But you said then that I must not look so like a beggar "'as that would frighten the employer to whom you would take me. "'I answered, I have not the means of dressing otherwise. "'You said to me, "'Come to the temple. "'I followed you. "'I chose the most spicy attire that Mother Hubbard had. "'You advanced me the money to pay her.' and in a quarter of an hour i was as smart as a landlord or a dentist you appointed me to meet you this morning at the porte saint denis at daybreak i found you there in a cab and here we are well do you find anything to regret in all this why i'll tell you monsieur murphy you see to be dressed in this way spoils a fellow and so you see when i put on again my old smock frock and trousers i shan't like it and then to gain four francs a day i who never earned but two and that all at once why i seem to have made too great a start all of a sudden and that it cannot last i would rather sleep all my life on the wretched straw bed in my cock loft than sleep five or six nights only in a good bed that's my view of the thing and you are by no means peculiar in your view but the best thing is to sleep always in a good bed and no mistake it is better to have a belly full of victuals every day than to starve with hunger ah here is a butchery here said the chourineur as he listened to the blows of the chopper which the boy was using and observed the quarters of beef through the curtains yes my lad it belongs to a friend of mine would you like to see it whilst the horse just recovers his wind i really should for it reminds me of my boyish days if it was only when i had Montfaucon for a slaughter-house and broken-down horses for cattle it is droll but if i had the means a butcher's is the trade in which i should set up for i like it to go on a good nag to buy cattle at fairs to return home to one's own fireside to warm yourself if cold or dry yourself if wet to find your housekeeper or a good jolly plump wife cheerful and pleasant with a parcel of children to feel in your pockets to see if you have brought them home anything. And then in the morning, in the slaughterhouse, to seize an ox by the horns, particularly when he's fierce. No, no, he must be fierce. Then to put on the ring, cleave him down, cut him up, dress him. Tonnerre! That would have been my ambition, as it was the goualeuses to suck barley sugar when she was a little un by the way that poor girl m murphy not seeing her any more at the ogresses i suppose that m rodolph had taken her away from there that's a good action Monsieur murphy poor child she never liked to do wrong she was so young and then the habit ah Monsieur rodolph has behaved quite right i am of your opinion but will you come into the shop until our horse has rested a while the Chourineur and murphy entered the shop and then went to see the yard where three splendid oxen and a score of sheep were fastened up they then visited the stable the chaise-house the slaughter-house the lofts and the outbuildings of the house which were all in excellent order and kept with a cleanliness and care which bespoke regularity and easy circumstances when they had seen all but the upstairs murphy said you must own that my friend is a lucky fellow this house and property are his without counting a thousand crowns in hand to carry on his business with and he is besides only thirty-eight strong as a bull with an iron constitution and very fond of his business the industrious and civil journeyman that you saw in the shop supplies his place with much capability when he goes to the fairs to purchase cattle i say again is he not a lucky fellow he is indeed monsieur murphy but you see, there are lucky and unlucky people, and when I think that I am going to gain four francs a day, and know how many there are who only earn the half, or even less. Will you come up and see the rest of the house? With all my heart, Monsieur Murphy. The person who is about to employ you is upstairs. The person who is going to employ me? Yes. Why, then, didn't you tell me that before? I'll tell you one moment said the chourinard with a downcast and embarrassed air taking murphy by the arm listen whilst i say a word to you which perhaps m rodolph did not tell you but which i ought not to conceal from the master who employs me because if he is offended by it why then you see why afterwards what do you mean to say i mean to say well what that i am a convict who has served his time "'That I have been at the bang,' said Chourineur in a low voice. "'Indeed,' replied Murphy. "'But I never did wrong to anyone,' exclaimed the Chourineur, "'and I would sooner die of hunger than rob. "'But I have done worse than rob,' he added, bending his head down. "'I have killed my fellow-creature in a passion. "'But that is not all,' he continued after a moment's pause. "'I will tell everything to my employer.' I would rather be refused at first than detected afterwards. You know him, and if you think he would refuse me, why spare me the refusal, and I will go as I came. Come along with me," said Murphy. The chourineur followed Murphy up the staircase. A door opened, and they were both in the presence of Rodolphe. "My good Murphy," said he, "leave us together a while." End of Chapter Eighteen.